Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Open up to Hebrews chapter 10. We just read this this week in our Bible reading plan, Hebrews chapter 10. It's, it comes right before the great hall of, fa- hall of Faith. We won't call it Hall of Fame. Hall of Faith chapter. Where they tell about all the, the people who walked by faith. By the way, do you know the very first one that's listed there? God. Do you know God is written in the... By the way, if you look in the Bible and you look at the genealogy and man was traced back to, do you know who man was traced back to? God. Now, man is not God. Man is not deity, nor will ever be deity. But we were made in the image and likeness of God. And God, in Hebrews chapter 11, operated by faith. The Bible says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, words of God. He's the very first one that was listed in that. And then he goes on, he lists men, men, men over and over again. But I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 10, right before Hebrews chapter 11. And I want us to look at these verses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Through 39, it says this, therefore, read this with me, therefore, read it out loud with me, would you? Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those. In fact, let's say this together as a church. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but to those who believe to the saving of the soul. I pray that the Lord would add a grace and a strength and a blessing to his word this morning. Notice he says, do not cast away your confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence is not a bad thing. Confidence in yourself is. Confidence in God is a good thing. But I want you to notice, don't cast away your confidence for you have need of endurance. When you lack confidence, when you lack confidence, you'll, you'll quit trying. You'll quit jumping. You'll quit going for it. You'll quit pursuing the things of the Lord. You lack confidence. You know, I, I grew up watching the Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Rocky one, two, three, four. And one of the things I always love about the movies, you guys, you know, one of the things I love is you know that he's going to, he's hit me again. Boo, 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 boo. And then he goes and he's back up against the ropes, right? He's back, and then he goes back, hit me again. I don't know how he keeps doing that. You know, he does that. But then at the very end, you hear, dun, dun, da, 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 da. you know what that is? That's confidence right there, right? And you see, it's like internal. He has that confidence. And he, the thing that keeps him from one, two, getting all the way to ten, like getting knocked out, is he's got that dun, dun, he's got that theme song playing on the inside of him. Do you know that you should have a, a godly theme song on the inside? Something playing on the In fact, the Bible says he gives you a song in the night. There's something inside of you that says, I'm not going to lose this fight. I'm not going to lose this. Why? Because God's on my side. God's, gonna, God's on my side, right? There's something. He says, don't cast aside your confidence, for you have need of what? 
endurance. What is endurance? Endurance is sticking with it. You may get knocked down over and over. Proverbs says a righteous man may fall seven times in a day, yet he arises. But the wicked fall down and they're done. But the righteous, what happens? Don't worry about if you're down right now. We'll get back up. Get back up again. Why? You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God. I said a little bit earlier, the most important thing in your life is that you fulfill God's will for your life. You walk in God's plan. You walk in God's path. You find what, the, what God is saying and do that. That's really what is going to count. You could rack up billions of dollars in the bank and properties and all the things that you do. But at, at the end of the day, as soon as your life's over on this earth, none of that counts. Whatever investment count, whatever retirement account you have, none of it's going to count when we, just in a few years when we get to heaven. None of it's going to count. So whatever we're laying up, Jesus said, do not lay. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have retirement, you shouldn't have investment, all those things. But he said, don't lay up for yourself those things that are going to vanish away. The most important thing in our lives is that we fulfill the plan of God. There's one thing that we can take to heaven with us, and that's people. There's one thing that's going to count at the end. It's the greatest investment that we could ever make, and that's our investment in our lives to people. To people. He says, he says, for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come. Now the just shall live by his feelings. Is that what it says? The just shall live by his intellect and how he reasons and thinks. No, the just shall live by his life plan. No, the just shall live by what? They'll live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the word of the Lord. Faith in what God says. Not faith in faith. Not faith in you. You're not God. I'm not God. Faith in what God says in our life. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone, say anyone, draws back. If anyone draws back, who would that include? That would include you. It would include the person next to you. Include me. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I'm not going to be happy about that. He says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction. I was in a, uh, my small group this week, our small group, and one brother in our small group, I won't say his name, but he kept saying, and it just encouraged me and the whole group and himself. He said, well, I don't really know what the, what's coming up in the future, but I do know I'm not going back to Egypt. He must have said it three or four times. I, I do know I'm not going back to Egypt. See, that's what it says here. We will not draw back to Egypt. We will not draw back to can I tell you today, in case you didn't know, you have nothing to go back to. I, I, maybe I should just go back to the old life. No, you have nothing to go back to. Don't waste your time. We've already wasted enough time. Let's not waste our time. We, we're not one of those who draw back to perdition, but to those who believe. Somebody say believe to the saving of the soul. So I want you to notice confidence has great reward because you need endurance. Endurance is what you need. Somebody say, I need endurance. We need endurance. We need endurance to fight the fight, to, to push forward. When we get discouraged, when you get down, you need endurance. Now, the book of Nehemiah, in Nehemiah, you remember there's a lot going on. They're building uh, things in Nehemiah. But he says this in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. He says, he says um, do not sorrow. We're going to go about halfway down through because it says go eat, and go eat the fat. And somebody says, well, amen. It's keto. It's right there in the Bible. Keto, right there in the Bible, okay? But he says, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Well, that's not keto. Okay, so they're cheating. It's going to mess you all up. And portions of those to whom nothing is prepared, this is where I wanted to get to. For the day is holy to our Lord. Read this with me, the last part. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Somebody read it with me. Do not sorrow, 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Somebody say it over your own heart today. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the... Why are we saying it so many times? I already know that. Do you know it in your head or do you know it in your heart? Because you don't believe with your head. Jesus said, for with the heart, or actually Romans says, with the heart one believes. And Jesus said, if you say and do not doubt in your heart. Heart is the place you believe. Do you believe it in your head or do you believe it in your heart? Listen, do not sorrow. Say it with me. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. So when I'm weak, when I'm uh, just leave that scripture up for a minute. When I'm weak, when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm underneath, what do I lack? Come on, what do I lack? Joy. So if you say, pray for me for more strength, what am I going to pray for you for? You lack joy. Now let me ask you a question. Uh, <clears throat> when you were born again, you have the nine fruit of the Spirit. And the first fruit is love. What's the second fruit? Joy. So do you have joy? Let me ask you, if you're born again, do you have joy? You do. Do you have arms? Are they strong? Oh, that was a little weaker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, they're strong if you do lifting. If you lift weights, your joy will be strong if you lift it. In fact, today's reading was counted all joy when you fall into various trials. Right? What is he saying? Because knowing that you just put more racks on the, on the ball bar and the testing of your faith is going to produce patience. It's producing something. So, no, count it all joy. Joy is being produced, but it's going to be tested before it produces something. It's going to be tested first. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you need endurance, if you need uh, strength, what do you need? You need joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Look at Proverbs chapter 23, verse uh, 15, 23. It says, a man has joy, read it with me, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. You know what that tells me? Joy is a result of not what's coming at you, but your reaction to it. Joy is your response. It's, it's not what's coming at you. Some people say, I'm a victim. You don't know how this happened. You don't. That's true. I'm not denying that. But your response to that is what's going to produce joy in you or not. If your response is, I just accept everything that's given to me, or if your response is that, well, I guess I'm just going to have a bad life or a bad day or a bad whatever, then, then you're not going to, that's what you're going to receive. See, a man has, what does it say? Joy by the answer, by the response of his mouth. Listen, it's not the situation, it's how you respond to the situation. Joy comes not by what happens to you, but by your reaction to it. I said joy comes not by what happens to you, but by your response, your reaction to it. For instance, you wake up in the morning. I don't know about you. I, I wear an eye mask. Okay? I wear an eye mask at night. And, and my, I have a big head. I have like a Shrek head. I have a big Big head, okay? Don't be laughing at it in my head, okay, brother? I'm just kidding. Uh, but I have a big head, and so I have a big eye mask. I mean, this is like big old eye mask, okay? I put on, and it's, it's, it's cushy, and I lay there, and I go to sleep. Well, so I don't know if it's morning time because I'll, I'll sleep deep, and I don't know if it's morning time. So sometimes I'll lift up my eye mask and look and see if there's light outside. And I'm looking, you know, like, and I'm like, okay, and put that thing back down, go to sleep. But you know, when the light comes through your window, 
or when you have light in your room, is your response this? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Or is your response, here we go again. It's Monday morning. I got five days to suffer, six days to suffer. Get through this week. Do you know your strength will follow the way you, your reaction to the sun? Your strength will follow your reaction to whatever goes on. Oh, here, you, you turn on the news. By the way, does the news encourage you very much? No, not very much. I don't care if it's Fox. I don't care if it's CNN. It doesn't encourage you. It doesn't encourage you, right? You turn on the news. You know what? That always makes me mad. They always make me mad. They don't make you mad. Your response to what they're saying makes you mad. They don't give you joy. Your response to what they're saying gives you joy. So do you wake up and say, uh, say, oh, this is the day the Lord has made. In fact, um, in, uh, in Psalm 118.24, I want you to put that up. Psalm 118.24, I want you to look at this. This is, say it with me, this is the day the Lord has made. Now, which day would that be? Are there any days the Lord has not made? So look at, this is the day the Lord has made. And what does it say? We will. What is will? What does will require? It requires your will. It requires your will. You could say, we will be ticked off that we have to wake up. We will have a bad day. We will have another drawed week because I don't like my job. And I don't like what I have to do. And I, don't, I can't go to sleep at night. I can't. Do you know, if you respond to things and you're a reactor instead of, a, instead of someone who sets the course of your day, in, in fact, it says in James 3, our body follows our tongue. Well, I say it because I feel it. No, you feel it because you say it. The Bible says your body, does it say your tongue follows your body or your body follows your tongue? No, it says your body follows your tongue. So what do you have to do? We will. Somebody say, we will. I will. Part of your soul, your soul, your heart is split into spirit and soul. Your soul is split into uh, uh, your emotions, your mind, will, and emotions, right? Your mind, your intellect, how you process things. Some people are more thinkers. Some people are more feelers. But then there's the will, mind, will, and emotions. Willing is what are you willing to do? It's your decision. Some people come into church and make a decision, I'm not going to lift my hands. Because either you don't believe in it, or you don't feel like it, or you don't feel loved, or you just say, I don't really see the use of it. So we try to say, well, lifting your hands is just surrender. We try to make it, you know, simple. So you, but you just say, I'm not, some people say, I'm not going to sing. Some people say, I'm not going to come to church. Some people say, I'm not going to get up and pray. I'm just not, you're not going to make me read the Bible. I have my own plan. I have my own. And I say, how is that working for you? How consistent are you on it? Because if, it, if it's working, that's great. But there's something about being willing. I, I think our wills hold, hold back the I think our wills hold back the joy a lot of times. Right? The, the patterns we develop. We sink into patterns. Right? Most of our lives we sink into what we do all the time. And those patterns, you've made, let your traditions, Jesus said, make the word of God of no effect. That he'll say something to you and here's what you say. I don't do that. Now you won't say that to him, but you either can act like you didn't hear him or you really say that to him by just not doing it. I don't do that. This is the way I do it. This is the way I serve Jesus. This is who I hang with. This is what I do. The Lord says, I want you to change your pattern. I want you to go do this. I don't do that. I just don't do that, right? Why? Because of your will. Strong will. 
Your mom ever told you you're a strong-willed child or you ever had a strong-willed child? Yeah, that strong will can be used for good if it's submitted to the Lord or it can be used for rebellion if it's submitted to yourself, right? That strong will can put a million bucks in your pocket or that strong will could, could, could help you to serve the Lord fervently with all your heart or both. The strong will, the will. So your mind, your will. Notice, I will rejoice. Somebody say, I will. I will rejoice and will be glad in it. Again, somebody says, that makes me angry. That makes me angry. Somebody else says, I get down every time I get around that person. See, it's not them them or that. It's your response to it that brings you joy or not. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you have someone who's around you and they're wanting to cause you to have a bad day? They're trying to turn over your glass, so to speak. What are you trying to do? Well, they say, well, he made me mad. You know, well, you have a glass of orange juice, put the orange juice in front of you, you fill it up with orange juice all the way, and I bump the orange juice. What comes out? Orange juice, right? I put water in it. What comes out? Boom, water. I put coffee in it. What comes out? Boom, coffee. Somebody says, I forgot my coffee. I need my coffee this morning. Okay. Whatever comes out is in. They didn't make you mad. Mad, mad was already in you. Mad just came out of you. So it wasn't them. It was... They're, they were the wind in the waves bumping your house and seeing what was, gonna, what was in the house. But if praise and thanksgiving's on the inside, when they bump you, what's going to come out? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's my strength and my song, right? See, whatever's inside is going to come out because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart is what is going to come out of your heart. Your response Well, I I don't want to know how to change my response. Well, change what goes into your glass. Change what goes into you. Okay, let's get back to it. Um, This is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He says, um, this is the day he has made, I will rejoice and be glad. Which response of these will yield strength? This is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice, or I don't know about this day, here we go again. Which one will yield joy? It's the first one. We will rejoice. And be glad in it. That's our, re, uh, that's our response. In fact, Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord when? When I feel good? I'm having a good day? I'm having a bad day? In fact, do you know, I believe that you'd have better days if you'd speak and confess out of your mouth, I don't have bad days. Now, bad days may happen to me, but I will not, I will not take that in and allow bad to come back out of my heart. I don't care how bad of a day, my response is going to be a response of counted all joy. Isn't that what he said? He says when you're having stuff come against you, when you have, when, when stuff hits the fan, so to speak, in a nice way, right? What happens? Your response needs to be, I counted all joy, I'm going to have a good day. This is the day the Lord has made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Why are we doing this? Because joy brings you strength and endurance, and endurance allows you to fulfill the will of God. It's not just so I can feel good. I just want to feel good, everybody. Don't say harsh words. I want to feel good. It's not just about your feelings. It's about your endurance. Because if you start feeling bad, you'll quit. And if you quit, someone's life is at stake. Okay. Amen? Now, in Look in the book of, I want to show you where Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus told about the sower and the seed. 
the sower and the seed. Mark chapter 4 and verse 14, he told about four different kinds of soil, okay? He said the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So what, what that means is the word of God is the seed. The word of God is the seed. What is the ground? The ground is your, is your heart. So let me ask you, he told about four, four stories here, four different kinds of soil here, and the last one was the one, the only one that produced. Was there a problem in all four of the, or any of them with the seed? What was it? It was the soil. Which means that if you'll plant the word of God in good ground, it will grow into a harvest. If there's a problem with that, if you say, well, it's not working, then it's a soil problem. It's not a seed problem. It's a soil problem. Well, I am planting the word, but it's not working. Then you have a soil problem. Right? I'm just trying to help you. That's what Jesus said. Okay, I want to show you. So he says here in, uh, in, in Mark chapter uh, 4, verse 14, it says the sower sows the word. What's the word? It's the seed. And what's our heart? Our heart's the soil. Okay, and it says, and these are the one by the wayside where the word is sown. What's the wayside? The wayside is just where you're, like your sidewalk, okay? These are the one by the way, wayside, like your sidewalk, where the word is sown. When they hear, somebody say hear. Yeah. That's the way you sow the word. Faith comes by yeah. hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When they hear, all four examples, they all heard. They all heard, right? When they hear, uh, Satan comes, how quickly? Immediately and takes away the word that was sown into their heart. Do you know that as soon as you hear the word of God today being, being spoken out, Satan is going to come immediately to try to take that word from your heart and get you distracted and get you off that word? And what happens if he can take the word? If, if you're sowing the word on a sidewalk, you have no soil, so what happens? The birds come and pick it up. Satan will come and pick those things up. And it doesn't have any chance to produce the harvest, right? The second soil, that's one soil. Second soil. These are the ones, likewise, verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on, somebody say, stony ground. Stony ground, right? Who when they hear, that's how they sowed, when they hear the word, that's the seed, immediately receive it with gladness. They take it. Somebody go like this. Just take it. They take it. So, so they're happy about it. Like you may right now be happy about this. You go, yeah, I take it. I take it. Okay, you take it. Immediately they receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. I want you to notice their first reaction to the word was, I take it. I like it. That's a good word. I receive it. But they didn't let the word sit in them long enough to grow. So they didn't produce. By the way, let me tell you why this is so important for everyone. Every one of us, every one of us is one of these types of soil. And you may say, well, I know which one I am. Yeah, but ask the person next to you. They may know as well. <laughs> they don't know. I'm kidding. God knows the heart. But what I do know is this. Don't just assume you're not this kind of soil. Listen, immediately receive it. Amen, brother. Amen. Let's do it. Amen. So be it. But afterwards, they didn't have any root. They didn't let it grow. So when tribulation, what is tribulation? It's, it's problems on the inside. It's pressure on the inside. And persecution, what is that? It's pressure on the outside. 
when you got started to get under pressure on the inside. Or you started to get pressure on the outside. People start coming on the outside. What happened? Immediately, what happened? They stumble. So what happened to the seed? Nothing. Because they didn't let the word sit inside of them. They thought they had it. They took it, but they didn't take it in. They took it, and they put it in their bag, but they didn't put it in their heart long enough to where it could grow and produce root. The third one, it says, these are the ones sown among, somebody say thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. That's how you sow it. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Cares of this world, pressure. I have, to, I have to meet my budget. I have to make sure that things are handled. I have to make sure that my kids are all taken care of. I have to make sure that, but I'm not saying you shouldn't be responsible, but I'm saying the pressure. What happens if everything goes down? What happens if I'm not doing this? The deceitfulness of riches, if I have enough money, everything's going to be okay. If I, it's the deceitfulness of riches that money will solve everything. Money will not solve everything. And the desires for other things, other things than the word of the Lord. Right? Well, I have, I have things now. Now I'm going to go out and do this and do that and do that. I'm going to start desiring other things. Because they had all this other stuff in their lives when the word of God was sown, it didn't have any soil to be sown into because that soil was taken up by all the rest of the stuff. And what happened? It was choked out. But notice this one didn't even receive the word. If you look, if you look at what it says. It says, uh, soil number three. It says, and it was sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. It didn't say they received it. And the cares of the world deceived them. They didn't even have any, any soil to grow onto. And then look at number four. This is a good one. By the way, the good one only produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. We don't say the 30 was all 100 fold. Sometimes you think, I'm the good ground. Yeah, but are you producing 30, 60, or 100 fold? You may be good ground producing 30 fold, and God really intended you to produce 100 fold. You may say, well, I've got it, so I'm excited about it. It's working in my life, but is it working 100%? If not, this is what Jesus said. If not, look it. It says, but these are the ones sown on, somebody say, good ground. Those who hear the word, that's how you sow it, accept it. By the way, this word accept it is different than the word, a, a different original Greek word than the word that they, they received it. The word received it is like you took it, like, hey, I, I grab it, I took it. Accept it, it uses the word para. It's like I pulled it in. They took the word and they pulled it into their lives. They made it parallel with their lives. They made, it, they made, they made the word of God a, part of, a new part of their life and said, I am changed because of that word now. Look at, they took the word, they accepted it, and they bore fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 full. It's how you receive the word that matters. It's how you receive the word. It's not that you heard the word. It's how did you hear the word. What soil did it fall upon? What soil did it fall upon? Let me give you one more thing. One more thing. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Now, I, we started with Hebrews chapter 10 right before the big hall of fame, hall of faith. But look at Hebrews chapter, and they told about all the people who by faith walked out the will of God. They walked out the plan of God. They, they, they suffered through the things they were going, going for, and they spoke God's word, and they kept moving forward. And you have need of, what, did, what do we have need of? We have need of endurance. Somebody say endurance. They, they kept moving forward. Speed is not as important as direction, trajectory. 
Doesn't matter how fast you're going if you're going the wrong way. It doesn't matter how fast you're going, right? Doesn't matter how, how fast you're climbing the ladder if the ladder's on the wrong wall. You're not getting anywhere. You have to make sure, you have to make sure that direction is where, you, where it's at, okay? Let me, let me show you this. Hebrews chapter 12. This is after the great faith chapter. We just read this a couple days ago. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run. What does it say? Somebody with me here today? And let us run. Notice he didn't say with speed. See, because I don't know about you, but one of the things the enemy tries to get me trapped on is how quick things are going. Things aren't going fast enough. Things aren't moving fast enough. No, he didn't say run with speed. He said run with endurance. Run with endurance. If you're going the right way, if you're holding on to what the Lord said, that's the most important thing. Keep moving forward. Let us run with endurance. Notice, the race that is set before us. He didn't say run with endurance your plan, your life plan, your year's plan. He didn't say run with endurance, go after what God says, but don't follow his text. No, trust in the Lord with all your heart, leaning on his own, your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your steps. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. Not a light into my, like a map, 2,000 miles away. No, God won't only show you the, where you're going, he'll show you the next step. And if we're not seeking him on both, if we're not seeking him on where we're going and the next step or two where we're going, we'll miss it on both. And we'll wonder what, what's going on and then blame it on God. I guess God didn't want this to happen. No, it's because we caught God's overall plan, but we didn't catch the steps that he was telling us to go in. So look at this. He says, run with endurance. Somebody say again, endurance, the race that is set before us. All of these people ran, and they all won, and he's saying, lay aside all of the weight. Run with endurance, not just speed, but endurance. doesn't matter how fast you're going. Again, if you're going in the wrong direction, it's wrong. Looking unto, look at verse 2, say it with me. Looking unto, we just sang about it. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Somebody say it. Looking unto Jesus. Would you just say it out of your mouth? I keep my eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. You know when Jesus was leading his disciples, he didn't come up to his disciples and say, hey, Matthew, hey, Peter, hey, Mark, go do this. No, what did he say? He said, follow me. He said, follow me. See, if you're following Jesus, you're following the will of God. He didn't, the Bible didn't say that he, he did say in, in, in one place, he sent them. But, but when he first called them, he said, follow me. See, to follow me takes abandoning you and abandoning self to follow me. In fact, sometimes, I don't know about you growing up, but, but and, and, and my kids as they've gotten to teenage years and getting to adulthood, uh, they'll, you know, or they start to get understanding about things, and I would do the same thing. They would say, you know, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And I say, oh, just follow me. No, 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 tell me what to do because they're thinking, you go too slow. Anybody relate to that? Just tell me what to do. Why? Because you want to get ahead. Do you know Jesus sometimes says, follow me, and you're like, just tell me what to do. Because you go too slow. You're going too slow. 
If you just tell me what to do, I kind of already know. You're saying, I already kind of know what to do. I'm intelligent. I'm not stupid. Just tell me what to do so I can get. But what the problem is we get ahead of Jesus. And if you get ahead of Jesus, you can't follow someone you're leading. You're trying to lead the witness. You're trying to lead the leader. And Jesus says, I'm not going to tell you the next steps. I'm going to say, follow me. And if you see me turn to the right, you turn to the right. If you see me, but Lord, I don't want to be the caboose. Well, that's what you signed up for when you called him Lord. Because there, be, there can only be one engine on the train. There can only be one leader on the train. And if you're trying to be the leader of your own life, then he can't be the leader. And he's not only the leader, he's the caboose. <laughs> he's the beginning and the end. He's the author. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. You say, all right, Lord, you got the front end. I got the back end. The Lord's like, all right, but at the very back end, I got the back end too. No, 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 Lord. So what am I, just someone in the middle? Moni in the middle. I'm someone in the middle. I'm in the middle. No. We are. We have to follow the Lord. And we have to know the Lord's got us on the front and the Lord's got us on the back. Somebody say amen. Okay. Looking unto Jesus, the author, he started it all, and the finisher, he's going to finish it and you're not going to finish it. You're not going to start it and you're not going to finish it. The author and finisher of our faith who for, look, look at it with me, who for the, who for the, who for the what? The joy that was set before him endured. The joy is my strength. The joy was his endurance. So if the Lord wants you to endure, what do you need? Lord, just, I just need more strength. No, you need more joy. How do you receive joy? By faith. By faith. By faith. The joy of the Lord. Somebody say it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Look, looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who, who did what? He endured hostility. That's ridiculous. They're hostile. They're toxic. Jesus put up with them. He endured such hostility. Look at this. He endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become, read this last words with me. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Listen. How do you not become weary or discouraged? You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. And you got to keep your words. A man has joy by the answer of his tongue. You got to keep your words in line with the word of the Lord. I know that I know that I know. We took a, a break from, I believe, series just right here for a minute. I know that when I was praying about this this week, that the Lord knows that there are people in here that are weary and discouraged. And you may not have completely stopped, but you've slowed down. You've taken a break. I'm not saying to keep pressing in the flesh. What I am saying is that the Lord wants to refresh your strength, renew your strength. In, in, um, in the book of Psalms, it says that in his presence is fullness of joy. 
At his right hands are pleasures forevermore. In the book of Acts, it says, repent that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And I want to pray. Anybody in here, I just want to pray for you if you've been experiencing over the last weeks, months, days, weariness, discouragement, you've slowed down. Come on, just raise your hand right where you are. I just want to pray for you this morning. This is not to condemn. This is not to, this is to, it's really a sign of humility. The Bible says in 1 Peter, humble yourself, casting your cares on him. It takes humility to give your cares to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room today. Those that are weak, those that are discouraged, those that have been weary, tired, they're moving forward but barely. They've lost the inner strength, the strength on the inside. You said in your word, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So we take a moment and we receive the strength of the Lord. Would you tell them, maybe you're watching online right now as well, would you just tell them, I receive the strength of the Lord today. Jesus, we come to you today and receive your strength. Jesus, I come. Would you tell him out of your own mouth now? Come on, just tell him out of your own mouth. Jesus, I receive your strength. Jesus, I'm weary. Jesus, I'm tired. Jesus, I feel discouraged. Jesus, I need for this next season. Jesus, I need you to fill me up. Jesus, I keep my eyes on you so that I won't be discouraged. Jesus, I lay aside every weight. Somebody might want to say, I lay aside every weight. I lay aside every sin. I lay aside the things that are holding me back. Young person in here, a young person in here. <laughs> I lay aside that sin. I lay aside that, that thing that I know that I've repented of. And God says he'll not only forgive you, but he'll free you right now at your age. He'll free you right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.